Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, Elder Candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. What you doing, man? Uh, I am hanging out with you. We're chilling. We're chilling. We're, We're hanging chilling. out. We're recording. Feels Life good. Life is good. Yep. Um, yeah. This is fun for us. It is relaxing for we us. Lie. We really like to, it, it. It helps that we can, you know. Whenever I get on Michelle's nerves, she's like, don't you have to go record? Like, oh, yeah. Actually. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. She's like, oh, you're kind of annoying, Jim. Can you get out? You know, it's interesting because, you know, we like to record in, in different places, right? Mm-hmm. We've recorded in the church. We've recorded in the cigar shop. We've recorded in my garage, Jimmy's garage. We my basement. Your basement, the dojo. The dojo. Um, we've recorded everywhere. And I know Jimmy doesn't want to admit where we're at because it's kind of weird, but... Um, we actually got access to a mega church, and you can't tell we are not. Don't worry about it. So uh, they won't know what mega church it is, Willow Creek. And um, <laughs> so we're we, we snuck into Willow Creek, and we're not even using our sound gear. We're using their sound gear because it's better. Yeah. And uh, they don't know as we're smoking in here. So when we're done, it's going to be it's, it's just going to be so awesome. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to love that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to leave a little note and say thanks so much. Happy rant. So. <laughs> Signed, Barnabas Piper, and here's one of my books. <laughs> so, man, you having a good, you having a good week? Uh, so far, I mean, it's only Monday. Okay. So, yeah, so far the week's good. Got a lot of work done today. Got a lot of things in order for a, a big meeting tomorrow. So, yeah, I'm happy. It's only Monday. What does that mean? Well, I mean, it, the, the week just started yesterday. So, I mean. It's two, over two days in. Well. Sunday's the first day Sunday's of the week. first day. Yeah, yeah. second day. So, so it's of, only Tuesday. So, but two days in. It's only in, Monday. It's like, that's like. That's like half of the week. Stop it. It is. It is not. It It is. is. There's five days and 2.5 would be half. So it's basically half. It's not five days in a week. In a work week. In a work week. So there's five, seven, seven seven days in a week. Seven days in a week. Basically, we're halfway through. And it's been going good. It has not been halfway through. Almost. It has been going good. And if you're going by the work week, it's only the first day then, dummy. Not for me. Oh. Oh. What's up? (laughs) Okay, you win. You win. (laughs) So what are we talking about today, man? We're going to be talking about uh, this subject that I, I don't know. I mean, I'm really excited for it. I think our people are excited about it. Man, we've been wanting, we've wanting to do this so bad. Exactly. And so we finally got our charts out. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to figure out where we're, where we're at. Pre-mill, post-mill, A-mill. We're going to talk about it's, like, it, But let's just tell them right now. It's, it's definitely hardcore pre-mill. I, mean, I know, but with the chart, though, we got to go through the chart. We have the whole thing Listen, here. to take a picture, because we have a chart. Jimmy's been working on this chart, our eschatological pre-mill chart. It, it is the whole wall. He just took, um, what do you call it, one of those uh, dry erase board markers, yep. and he wrote on my white-painted brick wall in my office, and it takes up the whole thing. Yeah, and it's going to look, it's, it's kind of like a beautiful mind. It's kind of what we oh, got going yeah, on here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and here's the thing. Um, it's, to get it's a picture kinda, of it, to get a, we have to go panoramic with our iPhones, because yeah. you can't just take a picture no, of this. No, you cannot. It's too you big. Cannot. So we're actually going to go through this. This is actually going to start a seven-week podcast series. Now that no, But the first seven weeks are just going to be on the trip, right? Correct. Yeah. And then we're going to be going uh, into the rapture. Okay. Now, are we, now, are, are we going to have time to, to, to get into the literal interpretation of those prophets that breathe fire? Yes. We're okay, gonna because go through, like, that's going to be awesome. We're I want to go see through that. Them. Am I going to get to see that? Uh, or will I be raptured away when that's happening? I don't remember. I, I don't remember. I don't know, okay. but we'll find out together. So, yeah, I think, uh, I I think know, people man. are excited. Um, you know, I, we just kind of threw it up there. Uh, what do you think? Like, should well, we start I, this series? I think, I, well, first of all, you did just throw it up. And it, 
it, it's not it, you only have one color you use one black marker it's it, i think color coding would be helpful first okay. of all, all right. for, for me, for me this, no i'm not saying it's bad it's good it's, you know it's, it's hard to read and um there's 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 a lot of you have a lot of question marks you have like these actual question marks in the middle of the chart well, what we are those know who, the, the man of lawlessness i i you know what, what do, do you, you know who that is or are those like you don't know who that is or well, what do you, no i it's that's the big question yeah, I think we I think we need to wait on this. This is crazy. No, I just think I. All right, I, let's I think do something we have else. Ideas, gonna, listen, as far as we, we look actually at the, don't have time. I think we need to look at the United Nations and see wait, where the who, ma- where he's rising up. Okay, who who is Russia in this thing, and oh, who is America? Russia is on the other side, right over there. Okay, with the big that R. tells me right there we should probably wait. Why instead instead let's do something that that uh, will require no prep, and we can just talk. How about the top five books in our Christian life? Let's do it. Let's right. talk about it. Top five books, most five influential books. books in our lives. So we actually have grabbed uh, the the books that have had the biggest impact on us since our conversion, mm-hmm. uh, theologically, uh, spiritually, and whatever. So um, we want to we want to talk about them, recommend them to you, and, and really kind of reflect back on where we were when we were reading these books. We thought this would be fun. Yeah, I think so. And I, you know, for me, I just want to make clear that uh, my list is is not by. My favorite, because they're all my favorite. No, they're mine aren't really my favorite like, either. No, yeah, but mine is just more like this progression as I've kind of walked through my. my oh, you mean it's like life. it's like it's like one to five, it's like five to one, like a, like a top five. You got well, it in not order. Top five, but I got it from you know like what was the first most influential back you know going down to the most but, influential. Okay, the most recent influential. Well, yeah, mine are that way too. But the 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 one that had really good influence, and then each one is more influential. Yeah, no, no, that's thing. not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's it's by mine is more by like a timeline. What was the first most influential is number right. five. Okay. And then what's been the most recent influential is number one. Okay. All right. You, you seem like you're, it seemed almost a little defensive about your book list. I shouldn't be ashamed of your book list. Your book list is good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I haven't looked at it, but I'm well, sure no, it's I mean, good. Here's the thing, though, is that, you know, uh, this is going to be a really short podcast. Right. Because, uh, you know, my top, our top five books, I would think, are probably going to be the same. The first one being Note to Self. Second one, Experience uh, the Trinity. Okay. Uh, the uh, third one, The Character of the Church. Mm-hmm. The fourth one, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. What the Heart of the Church, and then The Life of the Church. I see your, I see your progression now. All yeah, right. you see how All that right. kind of works. You led right me there? into it. You led yeah, me into so, it. Good. You know, hey guys, you can head on over to Amazon. Okay. Please, somebody grab Joe's second book, Experience the Trinity. No one knows uh, some about people, it. Some people know about it. Yeah, but not not enough. So you can head on over there, or you can head on you can head on over nah, to our yeah. website, drdevotion.com. Nobody Click cares. on the store page. Oh, yes, nobody they wants do. to hear this. And you can grab Joe Thorne's three new booklets, mm. his trilogy on right. the church. All right, they're books, they're not booklets, but okay. I didn't. Uh, tell, I didn't call them booklets. You, you did. Call them. You call them booklets? No, I didn't. I said play books. it back. Play it, play it back. back. You'll see. I said you books. play it back. All right. All right, I listeners. Got in trouble. I got in trouble for calling them booklets. Uh, everybody, listen to that. You find out. You you tell Jimmy if he called them books or booklets. Now. Top five, number five. You going first, or I'm? Or am I'm, I'm going let, first. I'm going to let you go first. All right, because I know how you know highfalutin you are. Let's I'm, not, I'm lowfalutin. Um, all right, so the the number five book on my list mm-hmm. is a book that I read in 1993, and I uh, was a freshman in Bible college, and uh, there were all these books I could read from. I chose to read this, and it blew my mind. I absolutely loved it. It is Martin Luther's The Bondage of the Will. It is. Um, it's a nice, hefty little paperback. It is his interaction with the theologian Erasmus mm-hmm. and in a small tract that that guy put out. And um, let me just say this. Uh, when, I, when I picked up the book, I was already theologically there in terms of his, the basic idea. Yeah. I believed that we were totally depraved. I believed that God was absolutely sovereign. But this book had a profound impact on me in that it really humbled my heart. And that's something that I need 
regularly. I need my heart yeah. to be humbled. All of us do. Yep. And, uh, and it did, and not by beating me up, but by showing me how absolutely dependent we are on God in his sovereign mercy and grace. Um, it showed me the impotence of the, the human will and the power and the grace of God that actually saves and renews. So, yeah, this is a book that has um, that had a big impact on me and really was, in a lot of ways, uh, foundational uh, to where I was going to continue to go. I found it very biblical, uh, theologically consistent, and funny, man, because uh, Luther is – he's got a mouth. The dude uh, is uh, – Yeah, that, that, uh, that dude's bipolar, manic depressive. That guy swings pretty hard. <laughs> Well, I'll tell hey, you man, what. I love you. You're so great. I hate you. Luther, you are of the devil. Luther was Luther was probably not on his meds at the time uh, <laughs> that he actually that he actually read this. Um, but man, it, he says things like he says like, "Hey, Erasmus, you're so smart, man, and you're you're such a good writer. But what you wrote is so stupid. It's like putting excrement on a golden plate, which." <laughs> How's that for a compliment? I love it. Hey I Luther, it. could you write the foreword, or could you write an endorsement for my book? Please? All right, and, we'll, and we will, of course, in the show notes, uh, provide a link to the Luther Insult Generator, so you can all have fun with that and uh, <laughs> use it on Twitter or your emails uh, to your parents or whatever you like. Uh, oh, use it with your uh, your Bible college or seminary. Profs. Oh, I'm sure they love it. some of that. I'm sure they love it. That's my number five. I absolutely love it. I still have the book that I read then. It is. Uh, this is the you kept it in good shape. Well, it's the Ravel edition, so it's a good soft cover binding. Uh, but I put this plastic. There's like the sticky plastic, this film that you can put over it, and it keeps it uh, from getting all tore up. Oh, you put that on? Yeah, man. Okay, okay. That was I like it. That's my that's my number five. That's your number five. All right, what's your number five? So uh, as I put my list together, guys, uh, you know, I kind of did this progression from what was. Uh, you know they're all very influential in my life uh, in the same same regard, uh, but I went from what was most influential before to what's most influential now. Um, so you started off with like different like. So what do you mean? You, like so what I mean is like. Are you I, starting as an Arminian? Is this was an influential book for me as an Arminian or what? No, I would actually say like I'm uh, starting off at when I began looking at what Reformed theology is. Got it. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. that's it. You know. Uh, so for me, number five is what is Reformed theology by R.C. Sproul. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, especially with with the background that I have, right? Like, why did you pick up that book? Uh, because everyone was calling me Reformed, <laughs> and I had no idea what they were talking about. I thought that I thought it was a bad word, and for some people, it still is, I guess. But I was like, I don't know what that word is, but I, I feel like you're insulting me. And I'm going right. to punch you in the face when I figure it wait, out. Wait, wait, these are Canadians, right? Yeah. I'm, you I'm, want to punch Canadians in the You said you wanted to punch babies, and now you want – the only thing more innocent than babies are Canadians. <laughs> like, why do you want to punch Canadians? Because they'll, they'll – you know, all they're going to do is apologize for their nose getting in my way. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, oh, sorry, Jim. So they were they were picking on you and bullying you theologically. In a well, sense, I right? wouldn't say it like, well, there was a few leaders. They were One giving leader. you static about this. Well, yeah, because I would call into question. I, there were some things I would ask. I'd be, you know, saying, hey, why is it that this kind of stuff is happening? Uh, when I look at scripture, it says this. Right. And so for me, it wasn't this idea of, oh, I'm I'm uh, I'm reformed. I just kept thinking this is what scripture in to me plainly says right right uh i'm, I'm just going with that and so i wanted to understand what is it that that they were calling you me. had to look it up yeah i had to look it up what is, what is it so of course i you know i found a book that says 
what is Reformed theology? And I was like, oh. And you already knew who Sproul was in general. Everybody kind of knows his name, right? You know what? I only knew of him because this one class I took watched a video series of his through Exodus. From really? dust to glory. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, I can't remember how long that thing took. Is it just Exodus? I thought it was the whole Bible. I don't remember it being the whole Bible. If it was the whole Bible, I fell asleep at Exodus. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying that that one's not good? What are you saying? I'm saying. Hey, Legionnaire, let me tell you right now. <laughs> I think Dust to Glory is brilliant. And I'm saying. if you want to sponsor this podcast, <laughs> Jimmy's views do not reflect mine. So what was this book like? You, what, is it a big book or is it a small book? No, no, it, it was a... It wasn't big. It wasn't small. It wasn't like a Joe Thorne booklet. Yeah. Oh, was, okay. But it's like it was like that. Regular it was like book. Maybe a little bit skinnier, but it it kind of went through uh, the basics. I mean, he breaks it down into two parts. You know, foundations of Reformed theology. So how how it's centered on God Himself. Uh, yeah. That, that is our good. focus, right? That and what we know about God and what we can know about God and what's been revealed about God is based on God's word alone. Mm. And that was really important to me because of what was going on around me right. uh, was fresh new revelation. Right, and right. so kind of focusing on, on, well, hold on. No, scripture is the basis of, of how God has revealed himself or wh- how we can know cool. uh, the characteristics of so God. So hidden soul scriptura in there? Hidden soul scriptura, yeah. hidden by, by faith alone. Good. Right? Uh, I need to read this. This, looks, this sounds cool. You know, in, in Christ alone. Right, like mm-hmm. uh, as as prophet, priest, and king, and then talking about uh, kind of covenant theology, giving them the basics of that. Cool, cool. And then uh, does it go into like the like the five points or anything like that? Yes, it does go into like uh, I think the section there's a whole second separate part, like uh, the five points of reformed theology. Right, total depravity, God's sovereign choice, Christ's purposeful, purposeful atonement the Spirit's effective call, and then the preservation of the saints. So you read this book. I read this book. And what was your response? Well, I think I'm reformed. <laughs> like, oh. I was like, huh, okay. You know, and it was funny because like, I, would, I would read it, and there were some things I would be like, oh, am I, like, I, I was uncomfortable with it. I was uncomfortable, but at the same time I knew, well, this is what Scripture teaches, and whether I'm comfortable with it or not, this is God's truth, and, and I need to, Reevaluate what I hold as as my standard. There's still stuff I'm uncomfortable with in Scripture that yeah. I believe. Yeah, because it says it. Because it says it, oh and so that's kind of you know what I uh, I was working through. So it was something that kind of gave me the language because I, I right, at, especially at this point. Oh and, yeah, and I still don't. I still you know uh, I'm not the most learned of people. Uh, I don't. I can't remember things quite as well as others can. And so uh, I, it gave me kind of this language, this language of Reformed theology, this language uh, of what it is I was believing in. Um, give so categories and it everything. It gave me categories yeah. because, that, you know, for me, it was just like, well, no, just this is what the Bible says, which is still true. But it was able to kind of give me a framework to better articulate uh, what, it, what it was that God was teaching me cool. at that point. I dig it. This should be good. In fact, if you're in a church that's Calvinistic um, at all, this is definitely the book you should have for all of your people. I mean, it looks great. I, I, I'm going to pick it up, and maybe we can find a way to get this into the hands of our, of our people. All right, book four, number four on book my four. list. Here we go. Now, I struggled with where this one should go because it could be number two, but I, I put it at number four for a couple of different reasons. Um, I've read this book at least six times, and it's not a small one. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. This is a book that I have read and I love to take other people through it. Um, Pastor Pat, I turned Pastor Pat onto this book years and years ago. And now this homeboy's read it probably more than I have. He takes people through it in discipleship. Uh, it is Bishop J.C. Ryle's classic, Holiness. Oh, okay, okay. And what's great about this book is that it is rich theology, right? It's rich theology and it is very experiential. It's connecting doctrine to sanctification, to the Christian life, to the life of piety. And um, I, I can't recommend it enough. Every Christian, if you have to choose between this and bondage, get this, get holiness for sure. Um, in fact, this is probably the most accessible book on my list. Uh, this one, or maybe number one, um, I love it. Uh, I'm just flipping it open. Let me put on my glasses. I'm flipping it open and... I'm just going to read one of the underlying things I have in here. Listen to this. There is no surer mark of backsliding and falling off in grace than an increasing disposition to find fault, pick holes, and see weak points in others. Huh. Would anyone know if he is growing in grace? Then let him look within for increasing charity. Uh, Ryle will convict you. Uh, the Spirit of God, I believe, will convict you as Ryle is unpacking Scripture, but then will also encourage and strengthen you. Ryle's book on holiness is awesome. Everyone should get it. It'll be linked in the show notes. Jimmy, what's your number four? Uh, number four is uh, an oldie but goodie. I guess maybe. I don't know how old. 2005, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, for a, for a whippersnapper like you, that, what were you, like 15? Yeah, okay. No, 2005. How old was I? I don't know. Were you born like 85? 82. <laughs> God is the Gospel by John Piper. Johnny P. Johnny P. Pope Piper wrote I like this. that book. I like that yeah, book. It was it's, actually, a, it's cool. It's a little one, but it's really good. It's a little one, but what I really liked about it uh, was, I mean, the centrality of the supremacy of Christ in there, right? Uh, I remember, I think, if I remember correctly, he had this illustration of a diamond and how, you know. Shine bright like a diamond. What? Shine bright like a diamond. What is that? Dude, that's a famous pop song. It's like Rihanna or something. I, I, I don't know. I don't oh, get know. Get out. You know all. Uh, the, I don't okay. know. Go ahead. Um, Shine bright. <laughs> so, no, like, so, like a diamond. Uh, and we kind of look at all these different facets and, uh, of the diamond, right? Like we get fixated on certain things uh, when you have to look at it as a whole. And, right, right. And so good. I think for me, that's. Part of it, again, is this is all part of my journey through this, mm -hmm. is coming out of uh, a much more charismatic church that focused on on the manifestations uh, uh, of giftings and the working mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit to kind of look and say, well, hold on. God is the gospel. He is the one that we should be treasuring, that we should be seeking after, that we should be desiring above everything else. We should right. find our, our joy and, uh, and contentment in him mm -hmm. alone. And so I think for me that was a it was a centering moment for me, uh, or it helped me in that regard. Just kind of focusing on um, seeking and desiring God right. more than all these other. How how do you want to word? And, well, they're more man centered. I mean, yeah, I, mean I think that's I, I very that's true. It, and it's yeah. not just care, and not all charismatics are that way. But but many charismatics, uh, you know, others. I mean, it, 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 it's all over the place. You know, traditionalists. But anyway, um, <laughs> but like man centered theology is empty. There's nothing there. And what I loved about Piper's book when I read it was, um, you know, what he's basically saying is, is what you get is God. That's yeah. what you get. 
Yeah. That's the whole thing. That God is and the I, gospel. I remember actually, now you say that, I remember a, a very powerful line from there. Uh, I don't know if it was in the introduction or conclusion or somewhere in between. Well, that's, it's got to be one of those. <laughs> it's got to be, be something I don't like know that. if it was in the beginning of the book or the end of the book or the middle of the book. But it was in the book. Somewhere in between there. Uh, he asked this question that if, if you can be in heaven without God, mm-hmm. would you still want to be there? Right. Yeah, that was super convicting. And that, I was really convicted because like, yeah. this, whole, this whole time, I think, you know, you kind of hear this. Heaven is just this get out of hell quick scheme. And it's, it's get everything you want, right? You're like, exactly. No more pain. No, no more, more pain. Suffering. No more suffering. It's all these things about what, what relief I can get rather than a passion and a desire and an affection for God right. himself. Yeah, yeah. That God is enough mm-hmm. and nothing else matters. And that's a big, I mean, because we all, every, we disagree with every theologian and yeah. people disagree with us because we're all wrong somewhere. Uh, Piper's insistence that Jesus is enough. Yeah. And if Jesus is enough, then you are equipped to suffer well is gold. I absolutely yeah. love it. That so for a, me, that was a great very, That was very impactful for me. I like it. I like it a lot. All Ooh, right. Are you on number three? Number three. Now, this is not a cheat. There are two volumes in number three, but I'm going to count it as one book because you can get it in a one volume as well. All right, go. I feel like you're cheating. Calvin's Institutes of the Christian <sighs> Religion. Now, here's the thing. When, it's all right. When, when I, the, the first time I cracked open Calvin... Um, I, I freshman year at Moody Bible Institute, when I went in, this was back in the day, they didn't require you to take classes in a certain order. So in freshman year, I took a, a 300 level systematic theology class. Um, as a freshman, you're supposed to be a junior when you take that. And the first paper that I had to write was on reprobation and election. So predestination and reprobation. And I was reading Bunyan. I was reading Calvin. I was reading all these guys. And that was the first time, that was my first proper introduction to Calvin. Yeah. And what he said was so good. It was careful and nuanced and thoroughly biblical. And even Cal- and Calvin is the guy saying things like, "Hey, you got to be careful when you start treading into these waters. You can only deal with what God has said. Where God speaks, you can speak. Where God has not, you shut your trap. Don't say a thing. Don't pretend that you know or have answers because we do not want to be presumptuous." And then, uh, so he has this great take, I think, on election and reprobation. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I've, um, I've, I've gone through the institutes. Uh, from that point on, I started reading them, and there are some great versions out there. Now, the one that I recommend to everybody to read is uh, Calvin's edition of, of the institutes. It is his edited version that he put together for the French. And you can get that. I think it's by Banner of Truth. Um, a little bit linked in the show notes. Um, but that's the one that I use now to take people through. So it gives you uh, the meat, the potatoes, the vegetables, but it leaves off the parsley and like uh, and the soup and the salad. You don't need that stuff. So uh, it's just it's just the good stuff. Um, all the Roman Catholic stuff comes out. Uh, there's not a lot of interact. There's a lot less interaction with Roman Catholic dogma in that book. Uh, in that version. So definitely um, pick up Calvin's Institutes. You'll find when you read uh, Calvin that he is actually very devotional. It's not a hard academic read in that sense. No. Now, it is, it, it's not an easy read, but uh, if you read it, it will bless you. It will enrich you, and um, I hope you pick it up. I, I, so it's, it's, for me, it is uh, number three, but it is... Um, because it was it was so formative in a number of different areas, introducing me to Reformed theology. 
Number three for me is A Praying Life by Paul Miller. That's a good book. Yeah, my prayer life at that time, I would actually say, yeah, it was not just it was not just cold, it was non-existent. It was uh it was this routine that uh, I felt was just like an add-on. It was something I, I like I was obliged to do, you know, if I ever did it. Um and so I think what I really appreciate about uh Paul Miller's book was how like all of life is to you're supposed to be seeking out seeking out God in prayer. It's not just like it's not just an add-on. It's not just a task that you do. It's it's a posture, would you say that? It's a, yeah. it's a continuing it's a continuing posture. He um, he has a great way. First of all, the book is almost entirely encouraging. Yeah. Like it really will encourage you in prayer. I, it is the it is one of two modern works on prayer that I regularly recommend. Yeah. Most that I recommend on prayer are old and that one I think is great. Even so like kind of to your point, one of the things he has in there in the section early on is how we oftentimes feel guilty and beat ourselves up mm-hmm. when we pray because we, we get distracted and we're praying and we're talking to the Lord about something, but then we're thinking about something else and we're going in a different direction. Yep. And he likens it to a dining room table. Uh, and he's like, you're hitting, sitting with your family. And how does the conversation flow? Is it a tightly argued uh, dialogue or is it is it jumping from subject to subject That's serious right. to less serious and unimportant he goes god can handle that don't worry about it I, exactly yeah and I, so it was i agree man i think it's super solid talks about going from like learning to pray like a child to trusting again like and that was the big part for mm. me uh was the cynicism that i had in my life uh was this feeling of like is there even a point in praying mm-hmm. are you actually hearing me are you actually going to are you really able to move? And so I was very cynical in the sense that God could move. Yeah, that's, and man, we, we need to do, we need to do another one on prayer. I think we, did we do one on prayer? I thought so. Let's do top five books on prayer sometime. Oh, that'd be good. Then we could talk through what we learned in each one. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be great. That's mm-hmm. a great book, man. Everybody needs to get that thing. I love that book. Paul Miller. Do it. All right. Number two for Joe. Number two. Okay. Number two. I was struggling with where to place this. I'm going to put it here. Um, I almost put it at number three. Number two is, <laughs> I could say anything by, but uh, Thomas Watson. Oh, okay. Uh, Body of Divinity, Lord's Prayer, Ten Commandments. You can get those three volumes by Westminster. If I have to just pick one, I'm going to say it was the Ten Commandments. Now, Watson is just amazing as a writer, theologically tight and sharp, of course, as a Puritan, but also as a Puritan, very devotional, very... Um, applicational. And I remember Jen and I, when we were dating, we were in Bible college. And so I would pick up books like this to read and uh, we would go to the river. We'd go to church, go mm-hmm. to our Baptist church. And after church, we'd go get something to eat. And then we'd go down to the river, the Fox River. And we'd lay out a blanket and we'd, we'd, we'd lay there on, on uh, in the park and we would read out loud to each other. And oh, we were that's reading, so sweet. that's reformed dating right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're supposed to do an episode on dating. So we should talk about that too yeah, sometime. Um, and this book is just um, easily one of the most fruitful reads on the Ten Commandments uh, I've ever encountered. Um, I would encourage everyone to get it. Read anything by Watson, for that matter. Absolutely anything. Um, but his little trilogy, uh, so it's, yeah, it is Body of Divinity, which deals with the Westminster Prayer, um, Lord's Prayer, and then this one are all really, really good. But it, but what I loved is, is, is the way he interacts with these 
these commandments is he shows you positive and negative uh, applications, right? So when it says, uh, number nine, you shall not bear false witness, yeah. he unpacks that in the negative, don't do these things, but then he also shows you the positive, right? Which means you stand up for those that are being lied against or those who are being misrepresented, even if you don't like them, even if they're yeah, not yeah. your friend, you stand up for others. Fantastic book. I absolutely love it. I hope you guys will get it. That's my number four. Number what? Number two. That's my number two. two. Is that your number two? That's my number two. Can you do that one? What? Uh, Sorry. You remember that one? Okay. Sorry. Because you couldn't remember what place it was. It's number one. Number two. Yeah. Number two. Okay. What's your number two? My number two, The Reformed Pastor. Oh. Yeah. By Baxter. That should have been in mine, too. Yeah, it should have been. It should have been, but it's in mine. But he's got some wonky theology, too, though. He's got wonky theology. Is oh, that what yeah, you're oh yeah, yeah. Oh. We'll do a Baxter episode. All right, but uh, Reformed Pastors Gold. Why do you like it? Uh, I think that was that was really beneficial for me as I was uh, sensing a call to ministry. When did you read it? Uh, I read it actually. I read a little bit, and I'm trying to think what year. It might have been 2000. Eight. I didn't finish. So, in it. your journey into reform theology, where was this? Is what I'm. This at. was uh, as I was looking at a church in Canada, and I was kind of going through the call. Uh, was going to be on staff at the church. Started looking at this book, but I didn't actually read it completely. Right. I only kind of skimmed it. I'll just be honest. I didn't really read it then, but I only I actually read it for the candidacy here. Right. Um, and so, so when you when you first picked it up, though, yeah. Like so, when you when you read what is Reformed theology, and then you finally pick up Baxter, what was the span of time between those two? Uh, two years. Cool. So you're Three reading. Years, so you're you're picking up different things. You're reading, and you pick up Baxter. Baxter. Why did you pick up Baxter? I think it was suggested to me by the pastor. Really, the guy yeah. that you're, you were candidating with? Yes. Not the one you were on. Not the one I was leaving. <laughs> <laughs> no, the one I was leaving when. Uh, would not be recommending Baxter. Um, so no, the one I was candidating uh, had recommended that. And he was he still, you know, he's a good friend. Um, and so uh, even regardless of whether or not I was going to take the position there at the church, he was seeking to kind of help me sort through what is, what is calling? What right. does it mean to be called to the ministry? Yeah. Big emphasis on that at the beginning of that book, right? On yeah. Calling. And that, that's kind of as far as I got. Um, but here after reading it, fully uh i kind of left with like it helped me kind of see the the immense weight mm-hmm. and seriousness of this call like and, and the care that we are to have for for god's people that's the that's the thrust of the whole book right yeah, that's it and so like i mean i i couldn't even believe like you would read uh i mean how, how big was this guy's church yeah, I, I don't know. You don't know? I'm talking about it. this guy was, how many visits was he doing oh, yeah, a yeah. day at day after day? And he'd have people with him or he'd have a deacon, I think it was. Uh, someone would be shadowing him and working with him. And But I'm thinking how, like, his the whole thing, I think, sometimes I, I think of ministry as, all right, it's the upfront, it's the upfront preaching of the word. And that's right. very important. That's, right. that's, I don't want to diminish that. But what I got from Baxter was, the actual shepherding of God's people. Right. The actual care for God's people. And for him, part of that was the visitation of God's people and, and kind of going through that. Yeah, man. I, funny, I read, I read that when um, in Bible college a professor said, this is the book you should be reading, and he held up Richard Baxter. And I recognized that it was a Puritan paperback, so I was familiar with those. I hadn't read Baxter. And he said, but you, most of you wouldn't understand it, so I'm going to have you read this book by Joe Stoll. 
who was an awesome guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh. Wait, wasn't he the president, Moody? Yeah. Okay, that's at the time he was president. I was like, oh. I was like, okay, well, it yeah. was, and, and I was about to say, was, 90s you were there. I remember it was Joe like something about I listened to Moody Radio. Ministry in the 21st Century. Was like, listen, Joe Stoll was awesome. I love Joe Stoll. And his book was good. But Did he I, love you? Uh, he didn't know who I was. Nobody knows who I am. But, um, man, I'll tell you what. We, that made us go and read that book. The guy yeah. said, this is what you should be reading, but most of you can't handle it. So I went and read oh, it. I'll show you. I'll show oh, you. Oh, well, yeah. My friend and I were like, we can read that. What are you talking about? We're in college. We can't read this book. Yeah, man, when I read that book, I was, um, at first, and when I started reading it, I felt like I wasn't even a believer. I was like, I'm not even a Christian. And then I was like, <laughs> as I kept reading, I'm like, okay, I'm a Christian, but I'm definitely not cut out for ministry. Yeah, I'm not qualified. Yeah, I'm not called for this. And then I kept reading. I'm like, okay, no, maybe, maybe I am. I think I am. And it so kind of tears you down and builds you up is how I felt about it. Do you feel that way? I felt that way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard book, man, to read. I don't mean like in terms of content. I just mean emotionally and personally. Number one. Oh, here we go. Man, I, here, you know what? I'm going to do my number one first. Why you get to you do yours first? Because uh, everyone's going to be looking forward to yours. No, they're it's, not. Yeah, it is. Come on it's now. You're same. Joe Thorne. All right, go ahead, Joe Thorne. All right, my number uh, one Here book. comes the big bang, and then I'll peter it out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Uh, all right, now if you hold this book, it is a mammoth book. Yes, it is. It is so big. I'm holding it in my hands right now. Uh, I'm uh, not surprised you picked that one. I should have thought of that. If you had told me this and I had looked at my shelf, I would have grabbed that. Oh, one. my gosh. So this, but when you open it up, the print is huge and the margins are big, so it really doesn't need to be this big. It's a facsimile edition of Vital Godliness, a treatise on experimental and practical piety. I know you can get it as a iBook somewhere. I don't know what that's like, but uh, if you can get this hardcover edition by sprinkle spend the money it doesn't matter what it costs you need to have just it just get it get so, it so um oh wow look at this joseph bridges wrote inside it this volume belongs in the library of joseph thorne and his awesome penmanship oh that's very nice thanks for writing in my book um it's very nice i actually like it so this was the book i read in 1995, okay. I think, or 96. I graduated Moody in 97. Um, my time at Moody was spent building up uh, my theological knowledge and shrinking in my love for God and mm -hmm. his people. That was basically what I was doing at Moody. That was not Moody's fault. That was my fault. I had become very proud, arrogant, divisive, pugnacious. Um, I was using scripture to footnote. I was not reading scripture to live. And I was full of myself. Didn't really know that. Just thought, you know, I was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I was reading this book, and I was reading it out loud to my wife, of course. And I was, and we didn't start at the beginning. We jumped in, and I was reading something on spiritual darkness. And I realized that so much of what I was reading applied to me. And then I stopped reading it out loud, and I read the next chapter, which I think was on backsliding. And I realized that that was me. That backsliding doesn't always have to do with gross yeah. and obvious sin. Um, but that it's a heart condition. And I mean, I cried through a lot of this book and this was the book that God used to begin hammering away at my arrogance. And it, it really, God used it to break me of a lot of things. And it is a, I mean, it, it's what it says, right? It's, it's a, um, an experimental and practice. It's a, it's a treatise on experimental and practical piety. So experiential godliness this is a book that everyone needs to read. So here are the topics or the, the chapter headings in here. Let me just tell you what some of them are. Uh, I'm going to skip on down. Um, conviction, conversion, cases of religious distress, spiritual darkness, that's chapter 8, backsliding, faith, repentance, humility, the fear of God, hope, love to God, love to Christ, love to our neighbors, love to the brethren, peace, courage, contentment, patience, joy, and more. 
you've got you've got to get this book. I, I, for me, I keep I keep it at number one because God used it in such a profound way. As a book, it's not necessarily more important than any of the other ones, but for me, it was absolutely important. Number one in my library, in my heart, in my life. That's it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So number one for me. Uh, Boo. No. Stop it. <laughs> Um, so I know, I think I've shared before for, uh, for me, like I grew up Catholic. Mm -hmm. I grew up as a nominal Catholic, uh, but Catholic nonetheless. That's the best kind though. That's the best. Be a Catholic. Not really. Really? uh, Because it's all, I'm also Hispanic. So, so there's a lot of guilt and shame (laughs) that kind of comes into play. So you not only had the guilt and shame of the Catholic church, but then of not being very good Catholic on top of it. And that's it. It's even worse then. Um, White people, that's the best kind for the white people to be nominal Catholic. <laughs> so, so for me, I had struggled all my life with this, uh, I guess, even assurance, like assurance of salvation, of, of even assurance of a relationship with mm. God. I felt like I had to uh, kind of force things to happen. And, and part of me, like, enjoyed the whole idea of confession because – there was like this active, there was an active participation of, uh, you know, I would confess to the priest and then they would tell me what I need to do to be absolved. And so like I'd feel good right after that, but then soon would feel really depressed and feel really guilty and have this sense of like uh, a failure Uh, in steps in John Owen communion with God. What are you talking about? <laughs> John, that's, that's the big dog. You're talking about like, that, that's a high note. We're ending on a high note. I know, with I know there. Uh, and so for me, this, this book was really, really helpful uh, in kind of changing or giving a, uh, making a distinction between justification that, you know, in, in those that have been called by God, those that have, that God has elected, God regenerates and and he will hold them and keep them and never leave them nor forsake them. But then also understanding, well, my experience of my communion with God is going to ebb and flow. Right. And that was really helpful for me to understand that though I wander, though I stumble, though uh, I neglect and turn away from God, that God does not reject me. Right. And so it... So for me, I think this this book was really helpful in first making that distinction, right? Uh, and that distinction of of the power and the sovereignty and the love of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God and the forgiveness of God and the love of God, and then going through how our communion with God, how we have communion with God the Father, how we have communion with God the Son, how we have communion with God the Holy Spirit, uh, and the impact that it makes in our in our faith and in our life and in our walk. Um, so that's that for me. That was a book that really kind of um, made a huge impact from always feeling like I was on the cusp of losing my salvation mm. or on the cusp of not being loved by God. Right. Uh, to knowing that I, I am beloved by God um, and that that will not change. So good, man. Yeah, we, I mean, everybody should read Owen. Owen's harder to read. It is. It took me a while. 
and there are there are newer editions of some of these. You can get like a there's a Crossway one that that's pretty good. Updated updated language yeah. and stuff. We encourage everybody to get the 16 volume set of Owen to have in your library. You'll you'll most of you uh, will spend the rest of your life reading through parts of it. You're not going to read through all of it. Some yeah. of you, very small percentage, will wind up. Re- I haven't read them all. I've got them up on my shelf. Thanks, Steve McCoy. And um, I've only read probably a total of three or four volumes gotcha. entirely. Yeah. Uh, and 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 so I've kind of picked at it from time to time, but it's a great resource. You should have it. Definitely pick up communion with God. I love it, man. These are these are good lists. These, the, I think these are. I think this was this was good, helpful. I, th- I think it'll be helpful for people. I think it, so. It's helpful for me, um, Jimmy. If people want to help us out, help us out at the podcast. People ask like, can I send you money? Yeah. And what do we tell them? Uh, you can send me cigars, and uh, if you hit me up on Twitter or Instagram or on Facebook or email, right, I will send you say. my. That I will is, send you that, my home address and your and your wish list on Amazon. And my wish list no, on uh, Amazon. In fact, we just got we get this a lot. Like people do send us cigars. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> um, and a guy just texted me. He's like, "Hey man, uh, I, I'm a listener, and can I uh, can I send you guys a box of cigars?" And I said, "You do not don't listen. Spend that. Go on a date with your wife. Don't don't worry about that." Wait, what? Yeah. Did you really? But then I gave him our address just in case. All right, good. I'm, gonna uh, say, I'm, I'm just gonna... saying, like, you know, eh, spend the money on the important stuff. But if your conscience is compelling, you go ahead. You can yeah, yeah. It. And for all of you listening, uh, I don't want to bind your conscience, but you owe us. And so go ahead and send us a box of cigars. You know, I, a, a cheap box would be the, uh, the New Worlds by A.J. Fernandez. It's only $118 I mean, hey, at Benny's. I'm not going to cry if we get a box of Nico Rusticas. Uh, though that, that would be good. I mean, if they really wanted to do something nice, then they get a box of the... Number nines. The number nines, Liga Pravada. Yeah, I'm not going to complain. But anyways, Jimmy, if they do want to support us, what do we tell them? How do they be a part of the podcast and support what we're doing so that we can keep doing it? Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on to the website, click on any of the Amazon links, do your purchases. It doesn't cost you any more, but we get a little bit of a kickback or referral rate from Amazon that helps pay for all the hosting, that pays for all the software, that pays to keep the podcast going big thanks to justin bond of j bond media the audiovisual wizard of doctrine and devotion if you've got any audio visual photography needs hit up j bond media at jbondmedia.com fresh pod every monday and thursday articles on wednesday uh, at some point videos stop stop no it's it. gonna happen it's gonna happen i got the lights i got the lights yeah, we're, we're going to need a, a filter or something, too, though. Yeah, I need a skinny filter. We need an ugly filter, a skinny filter. We need we need some stuff. Yeah, filter out my skin. We need a makeup artist. I need artist. to be bigger. Does anybody want to make a makeup artist want to come in here and help us out? No, that's that's weird. No, it's not. Later. Dude, you see how splotchy I am? No, stop it. Later. I like freckles and wrinkles and red spots. Later. Liver spots. Later. <laughs> gotcha. Later. Later.